everybody. Welcome back to Popcorn and Nerds, your favorite, like, we're going to keep saying your favorite podcast uh, about all things entertainment and that we enjoy. I am your first host, Mark Goings, uh, here with my good buddy, Taylor Adams. Taylor, how you doing? I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. I am. Okay, solid. It just it sounded weird. Well, are you great? Uh, I'm all okay. Right. All right, that's all right. I know. Fine. I know, right? Yeah. I'm working on it, man. Okay, good. I'm good. Get your shit together. I know, right? Get your shit. Take it to the shit store. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> man, we're a mess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, episode number eight of Popcorn and Nerds. Man, we're still going strong. Yeah. You know, strong-ish. Strong-ish. We, we have some Slowly weeks. Slowly but surely, getting some more yeah. listeners, getting some more feedback. So, thank don't you. don't call me Shirley. Uh, thank you to all of you who have listened and checked out checked out our stuff uh if you're new to this podcast welcome um we do things a little bit differently here in that we like to eat into a microphone while we review things yes asmr warning um <laughs> uh, it's it's seriously not that bad um but today we're going to be reviewing wes anderson's latest uh i love dogs yes uh animated films dogs. i'm excited to review this and i will i'll say that i'll go ahead and say i'm excited to review it but my thoughts about the movie are very like in the middle. Interesting. But I'm excited to talk about it for sure. Um, cool. So, uh, Mark, what the hell did you bring to my apartment today? <laughs> well, I uh, after I brought a semi-themed snack last week for Ready Player One uh, with the the Not Your Father's Root Beer and the Totino's Pizza Rolls, I was like, you know, let's let's keep trying to keep up with the theme on the snacks relating to the movies. So I was like, well, what the hell kind of snack can I bring him up for a movie about dogs? And so I was thinking, I was thinking, and like, all that kept coming to my head was like dog biscuits. And I'm like, I'm not eating dog biscuits on the podcast. Sorry, guys. I know, like, maybe people want that. I don't know. But <laughs> not doing it. Uh, but then I was like, oh, you know what? Puppy chow. And so I went home and made some puppy chow. And then brought it over here. And Taylor and Nicole were both like, God damn it. But then they're like, but we love this. Thank well, you. Well, for those of the, uh, our viewers who are uneducated about what puppy chow is, why don't you, why don't you tell us what's, uh, what's going on here? Essentially, uh, some people know it as Muddy Buddies. It's got a lot of different names, uh, but uh, I don't know actually where the name puppy chow originally came from. But it's essentially checks. You can use different kinds, corn, rice, wheat. <laughs> Taylor's chomping into the microphone. Um, yeah, corn, rice, wheat, whatever you want. A mixture of all of them. You make a, a magical concoction of chocolate, peanut butter, and butter. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you drizzle that over the, the checks, and then you pour that sloppy mess into a plastic bag, and shake it up with some powdered confectioner's sugar, uh, then pour it out into wax paper, let it cool down, and you have a delicious mess to eat called Puppy Chow slash Muddy Buddies. Hey, it's good. Good job. Thank you. I like, I like when there's a homemade element behind what we do which i like to bake and cook things and so if i don't like to bake sweet things though i don't like to I make know. sweet things so if we ever do popcorn nerds where i like i serve you dinner oh then i got you but but solid not nah. solid come on man where's my dinner i know sorry um oh but man, then, we, yeah we got what are we what are we drinking uh in keeping with the puppy theme i went to find a a puppy beer uh and a beta brewing has a brown ale called Turbo Dog. And it was meant to be today at the local beverage store, they were sampling it. So I was like, yes, I will take some of your finest Turbo Dog, please. 
Shout out to Abita. We'll take yes. a sponsorship. We'll take anything. Abita out of New Orleans. Novins. Uh, that's what the guy at the store said. Yeah, they're from out of New Orleans. I mean, it says Abita Springs, but it's... Close enough. Novins. Novins. Cool. Yeah, so uh, that's what we're doing. We're keeping in the puppy theme. And so I'm, I'm going to try and do that with the snacks, if possible, uh, for these things. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna try and find the weirdest movies to watch then. Oh, God. <laughs> just see what you can bring. You're about to get some, some tentacles, Taylor. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Shout out to a previous episode. Yeah. Uh, where Mark talked about Devilman Crybaby and his... Uh, yeah, Devilman Crybaby. And, and, his, lot, and his affinity for tentacle porn. No, there was no tentacle porn. I specifically mentioned there was a lack of penetration. God. That, <laughs> saying that word over the into a microphone is probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been. No, it doesn't bother me. All right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why. Well, you're desensitized, and well, we've yeah. established this. Yeah. I, oh. I'll say whatever. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, uh, that, that'll be fun for the next episode. If you yeah. Want. If we right. have anyone listening, please. Oh uh, no. Yes. Give, give me some things to say next week, and I'll read them off. I'll read the best of if there's some. Oh, wait, good wait, ones. wait. I got one. I got one. Ready? Yeah. Apologize to my friend Christina right now. Moist. <laughs> no. We just lost a listener. <laughs> Maybe multiple <laughs> listeners. Um, okay. Well, honestly, if you can't handle it, it it's fine. It's fine. We're, we're doing this for funsies. Um, well, today, uh, before we get into talking about um, what we watched or what we got into this week, um, real quick, we're going to try uh, a little something fun with you, dear listeners out there. So, and this is super easy. What we're going to do is each week we're going to do a mystery movie giveaway. Um where I have, basically, I have a rather large DVD and Blu-ray collection. I don't have any VHS anymore. <laughs> Scrub. And I'm looking to dwindle down that collection with getting rid of movies that I either just don't watch as much, or I'm actually my, uh, hmm. I would say if I had like a, you must be tall to ride this ride. In order to be in my movie collection right now, you have to be a movie that I want to watch over and over again and that I can learn something from. So really good like behind-the-scenes special features and stuff like that. Um, so I've got some movies and I've even some seasons of TV shows that I'm actually willing to give away. And it's not – and they're, they're, they're good. But I just don't have a place for them in my library anymore. So hence, here we go for a mystery movie giveaway. Uh, so if you like to gamble a little bit with zero money, um, all you have to do is reach out to either Mark or myself or through the scrapped channels, uh, slide into our DMS on social media, send us an email, uh, with the subject uh, line popcorn and nerds, and just tell me you want a movie. And when we pick the names out of a hat, we'll eat, we'll get back to you and be like, oh yeah, you're the winner. Let's give me a mail-in address, and I'll send you a movie. And you have no idea what it is. And it's absolutely free. Like, you don't have to pay anything. Like, I'm, I'm paying for the shipping. Like, come on. That's a deal. Yeah. Media mail is like $4. You'll yeah, be all right. Yeah. It's, it's super easy. Um, so quick. A uh, couple quick ways to get at us for this mystery movie getaway. Uh, like I said before, email scrapped productions. That's S-C-R-A-P-T productions at gmail.com with the subject line popcorn and nerds and in the body. Of the email tell us you want to tell us you want a movie uh if you want to get and oh you can also get us on social media i am tay d adams on twitter and instagram and mark where can i get you 
uh, Spider12587 at Twitter. That's on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I believe. And then uh, Spider's Corner Games on Facebook. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's an easy way to win a movie. And it's kind of because you have no idea what it is. We don't know what we're sending you. Tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't own anything like that. And if I did, I wouldn't get rid of it that easily. Um, so let's move on. Uh, Mark, what, uh, what did you get into this week? This week... Don't uh, say Sea of Thieves. We've covered Sea of Thieves. I know. I wasn't. All right. You, you relax. Okay. Just saying. Sea of Thieves. Ready to go. <laughs> um, no. As far as watching things goes, um, I finished up the Santa, Clar- uh, Santa Clarita Diet Season 2. Uh, You're welcome. Yes. I appreciate that. That was hilarious. I do recommend that if you need something fun to watch. Um, it's available on Netflix, obviously. Netflix original. Um, check it out. It's worth the two seasons, I think. I binged that pretty quickly after I started it. Um, I also started the second season of A Series of Unfortunate Events. Uh, I actually enjoyed the first season a lot. Neil Patrick Harris is great. Uh, the, the kids, actually, that they chose are really good in it as well. Uh, it's, been, it's been good. I never read the books. Uh, they, they were a little after my time. But the, the show's been enjoyable. Um, there's... N- not a lot of characters you want to root for on that show, except for the main characters, because I mean it's a, a well, series. Isn't that the point? Yeah, a series of unfortunate events. So uh, that's well done. You, they succeeded. You, <laughs> it is unfortunate, but that's been good. And then uh, New Girl comes back tonight. Uh, I won't be able to watch that because we're recording, but I'll catch that on demand at some point uh, in the next day or so, which is exciting. Last this the final season, I think season eight picking up after a two-year time skip um so yeah it's three what the three time? Years. they pick up after a three year i thought it was two-year time skip is what it said it online whatever time skip i don't know why i felt i needed to correct you there but. i don't know i don't need anything how's it feel do we do we need to unpack some things here do you got some some resentment towards me no i just to... I, no, I did a lot of work today <laughs> that's all okay well um uh, that's what i was watching uh I won't say what I was playing. Uh, I was told not to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, <but laughs> we've, ta- like, we've talked about Sea of Thieves on seven of the eight episodes that we have done. So yeah, It's a lot. You played it, and you had a good time. But yeah, it's, spread, it's been spread over because it, it released and the beta and all that stuff. Um, and then I guess God of War, well, that comes out two weeks, week and a half. Mm. Uh, so I think next Friday... Yeah, but we can talk about that later uh, and uh, what we're looking forward to. <laughs> Skipping uh, okay. ahead. All right. Yeah. I mean, we're all over the place today. We are. It's the puppy chow. I got you. I got you. I'm all cracked out on a puppy chow. Uh, well, Taylor, what, what did you watch? Um, well, the other day I saw the uh, new Han Solo uh, trailer. Oh, yeah. I, did, I saw that on my phone. I need to watch it on my computer. Uh, the phone's not the great, greatest place to watch that. I like uh, this trailer better. I, I did. I mean, I was still unimpressed, but not in like a, I'm not looking forward into it, to it way. I mean, I'm really not looking that much forward to it, but Star Wars, it, I am. it was a better, it was a better trailer for sure. It gave you a little bit more of a sense of like what the stakes yeah. were and, you know, cooler action sequences. And what, what about what looks like the, the lady Wookiee? Oh yeah. Oh, Twitter was a buzz this week. Yeah. About uh, Will Chewbacca get to get his groove back. Yeah. And people are wondering if that's his wife that was in the much bemoaned Star Wars Christmas special. 
Get, mm-hmm. He had a wife in that, and uh, everyone wants to forget about that. Thing I, never that Chris, I never saw that. I never saw that. I saw bits and pieces of it. I've been trying to find it to watch. Yeah. And I guess I probably haven't looked too hard because I'm sure you can just like go to YouTube right. or something, and yeah. it's probably there backwards or with Russian subtitles or something that you can <laughs> watch it so that it doesn't get flagged. But um, I'm excited about the solo movie because Han Solo is a cool character. I hope they do him justice. Yeah, uh, I hope so too, for sure. Um, also, this past week, I was moved to tears. Uh, twice. I, yeah, twice. But this one I'm talking about in particular, uh, I went to um, a screening of the new Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh-huh. at the Full Frame Film Festival uh, here in Durham. And in the Fletcher in Fletcher Hall, which if you guys have ever been to the Carolina Theater in Durham, North Carolina... Um, it's a huge auditorium. Like you walk in there and you're like, this ain't a movie theater. Like this is like performances. <laughs> like that. Um, but anyway, packed house, sold out show. Uh, fantastic documentary. Um, found myself getting choked up a couple times. Um, definitely toward the end. I would say it's a really good look at kind of what Fred Rogers did for the evolution of the purpose of public television. Um, as well as just a behind-the-scenes look at, at him as a person and him being a goofball and um, also just caring deeply about what he did, and that was really cool. Um, so that was great, and uh, I don't know where you can watch it right now because I think it's still on the festival circuit, but yeah. be on lookout for uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. It's It's, it's got to come to some streaming platform or some kind of wide release or something like that. I don't watch a lot of documentaries, but that one does interest me. Yeah. Uh, I'm up for it. Check it out, definitely. Alone in my apartment, and I'll cry, cry <laughs> so no one can see me. Uh, and then on the opposite side, I went and saw uh, A Quiet Place, which, hot take, and slight spoiler for the movie we're about to review this week, but the, A Quiet Place is the best movie of 2018 that I've seen. And at me, if you want to. Um, <laughs> Taylor was like, hey, Mark, you want to go see that? And I was like, yeah, I could go see that. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to go see it without you on Friday while you're at work. Your response, I know, well, you know, you never say yes to anything. You always say maybe. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to go. No, I can't make plans like that. You should. I can't. So I went and saw it, and it was great. Uh, I will say, because it is called A Quiet Place, um, there isn't a whole lot of dialogue in the film, but there's tension the whole 90 minutes. But one of the things that can kind of break that wall is that I saw it in a theater that was next to another theater that was playing like an action movie. So during really quiet parts, we could just hear like very muffled gunshots and screams uh, from the neighboring theater. And it was, it threw me off a little bit, um, but not to ruin the movie going experience at all. Um, But I recommend everyone go see that movie. It's a horror film, but it's just really well done and it's smart. It's simple. It's just very well executed. Skip the concession stand. You'll be too tense to eat. And plus, then you'll be that jerk that's crunching on stuff when it's No, I had Junior Mints, but Junior Mints don't crunch, so we good. If you open the package beforehand. Yeah, you got to, oh yeah. Well, we got 20 minutes of trailers for the movie. I usually down my candy in that that time. That's true. He does that. Um, We've talked about this. (laughs) So yeah, uh, well, I think it's about time we got into our uh, review of the week. Uh, Don't you think so, Mark? I guess so. Okay, let's play the trailer uh, for Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. Roll that beautiful bean footage. The Japanese archipelago, 20 years in the future. Canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions. An outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of Megasaki. Mayor Kobayashi issues emergency orders. 
calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. I don't think I can stomach any more of this garbage. Exactly. Same here. Words out of my mouth. Nobody's giving up around here, and don't you forget it, ever. You're Rex. You're King. You're Duke. You're Boss. I'm Chief. We're a pack of scary, indestructible alpha dogs. Atari Kobayashi, you heroically hijacked a junior turboprop XJ750 and flew it to the island because of your dog. Darn it. I've got a crush on you. Set in Japan, Isle of Dogs follows a boy's odyssey in search of his lost dog. That is the synopsis, courtesy of IMDb. Pretty self-explanatory. Mark, overall, what did you think of this movie? I liked it a lot. Um, I think this is probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Wow, okay. And uh, talking to our friend Jeff, he kind of agreed. And (laughs) Sorry for shouting this out here, Jeff, but Jeff was like, yeah, he's like, I like this one the most because I understood this movie. (laughs) Um, He's like... Even like subtext and things like that, like I got that from this. Or some of the other movies, you like leave and you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand like what happened or why it happened or anything about it. Because uh, Wes Anderson's movies are weird. But I've only seen a handful of them myself. We've kind of talked about this before. So like I've seen Royal Tenenbaums and uh, bits of The Life Aquatic, um, Grand Budapest Hotel, and the now Isle of Dogs. So I don't have the full. Uh, I guess, works of Wes Anderson under my belt. Right, right. But of the ones I've seen, I like this one the most. Okay, cool. Um, I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, it was a lot. It was, it was very middle of the road, you Wes, said. No, Wes Anderson movies, for me, they're a lot of fun for me to watch because they're so unique. Yeah. Um, his visual style is unlike any I've seen. Uh, and it very, it, it, sometimes it... I worry sometimes with each one of his movies that comes out, I worry that he's diving into self-parody with his style. Um, but that's that's his signature. Like, he's going to keep doing that because that is what he does. Yeah. So, and that's what he should do because that's 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 what the Wes Anderson signature is. Is that like uh, deadpan, awkward <laughs> humor is in the what they say and and how they say it, but yeah. also the lack of emotion and kind of how they say, and also just symmetry everywhere you go. Um, tracking shots, just a whole plethora of things are very Wes Anderson. Um, I like how some of the transitions, too, even this is, like, animated uh, with puppets and such, but then, like, stop motion. But some of the transitions are even, like, he's used similar kinds of cuts and transitions in his live-action stuff. Mm -hmm. And it all kind of has a cohesive feel that is very him. Yeah. No, I agree with that for sure. Um, If Since we're talking about the... uh, the full filmography of Wes Anderson. I would say my favorite movie is actually Life Aquatic. Yeah. Um, but this is this was pretty good. I I enjoyed this one. Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I think that's probably number two for me. It was really good. Um, I thought it was strange because I wasn't trying to. I wasn't going into this movie looking to poke holes in anything. But I've just I've just I feel like I've gotten a more critical eye for things. So I'm going in there and I'm just being aware that not every movie that I'm going to see. Is, is perfect so I'm just curious to see like if it's like certain things land and certain things don't land rip ready player one <laughs> um, so and I think for the most part uh, these things kind of did I the whole 
I mean, we'll get into spoilers later. There's a subplot involving, um, well, it ends up being a, a catalyst for uh, the climax toward the end of the film. But there's there's uh, some subplots um, with uh, with kids in that run a school newspaper that I thought was okay. Like I didn't really. I followed, I followed it. It wasn't like, you know, confusing or anything like yeah. that, but I thought it could have been maybe fleshed out a little bit more and given a little bit more importance. Um, I did like uh, the dogs. <laughs> the dogs, <laughs> Yeah, always. just this, you know, the way, I mean, Wes Anderson did this successfully with Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is uh, giving animals human characteristics. Oh, that was him too? Yeah. I need to see that. Yeah. Uh, giving animals human, human characteristics with speech and, and stuff like that. Um the interplay between like when the dogs were talking to the dogs versus when the dogs were talking to the humans yeah, and yeah. when the humans were talking to the dogs and then the interpreters coming through and all the, like the back and forth where yeah. not everyone understood but they understood yeah and this isn't a spoiler but so all the dogs speak english but it tells you in the movie that the barks have been tr the barks have been translated Translate. <laughs> to english which i thought was funny um, and then there are certain characters that uh, one actual two actual people um, animated people who speak English and everyone else is speaking Japanese um, and oftentimes without subtitles yeah and some people would find that confusing but I chalked it up to more of an overarching theme of you don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily matter what they're saying it's how they're saying it because you can this the whole film becomes an allegory I think for uh, just foreign relations and immigration. Yeah. So when you're dealing with uh, an English speaking, pop, one, one populace speaking one language, another speaking another, and then the dialogue between them is very rarely uh, translated in any way, I feel like the story still moves because you can understand what the intention behind what they're saying is, which I thought, I thought was cool. I thought it was a neat approach. Um, I will say, I'm not sure why this movie was set in Japan. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that too. Like, what inspired them to use Japan as the setting? Uh, because, well, we'll wait to get into that with some spoilers yeah. later. Um, there's some hot takes out there about that, but we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, the whole movie some iffy bits. It doesn't. To that. You you could after the movie's over, you could be like, well, why was it in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I wasn't too sure about that. I enjoyed parts of the Japanese that were in there and like trying to like I studied Japanese long ago and so trying to remember my Japanese and translate some of what they were saying uh, and just going through that but yeah it didn't seem necessarily like it would have had to have been Japan the the story could have worked you know in any other country uh, yeah. in a similar circumstance but uh, yeah I mean, it was that was an odd choice, but I did think the I mean, and it really was a a pretty film. It was a beautiful film. Um, oh, yeah. They made garbage look cool. <laughs> I mean, oh. just the way that it was constructed, um, the stop mo like stop motion style, and then with the the painstaking attention to detail with like the movement of the dogs themselves. Yep, was a, a, extremely well done. I was watching a video before we went actually of the making of all the models, and it's absurd. Um, yeah. <laughs> all the creators were even like like the puppeteers and like the uh, puppet makers they were all like this is the most people I've ever worked with on a stop motion film like this like putting this stuff together and 
they showed the process of like building the mechanical skeletons and then like sculpting molds and then using those molds to create like the silicon around the dogs putting the like mechanical parts inside of them and then they have to like press each individual hair whisker everything into the dogs into the humans heads into everything um and it's intense and then the clothes they actually had to like find the right kind of fabrics to make the clothes like move in the wind and hang properly when they're moving limbs in a certain way and it is it's all very like painstakingly crafted Mm -hmm. uh and it works to great effect um and it was cool like the last time i kind of had that awe around a film's like production like that was with kubo and the two strings right because actually during the credits of that movie when you're sitting there they show them like folding the paper models and like doing all that and they actually have uh a scene in there with like a giant skeleton and they show like rigging up the skeleton and how they made it move and it's like every other frame is like interspersed with someone stepping in to like readjust the thing to make it move and do what it does in stop motion um and it was just really really cool uh to to see and i'd like to see that like kind of real time like how long it actually takes to set for a next shot take the shot go like set for the next one go again like It's that's a lot to do that. Yeah, frame by frame, mm-hmm. uh, it's nuts. Especially get to, like a smooth, like good motion where it doesn't feel too like jerky, where you're like right. missing frames. But um, yeah, it's it's done very very well in this, uh, and just the the attention to detail that went into making every different animal, every different puppet person, everything was mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, I think that's. I mean, overall wise, you know. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done. Yeah, okay. Okay, see you guys later. See you guys next week. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into spoilers and then we'll get into the, the real uh, nitty gritty. Yeah. So I'll start with the hot take uh, about why was this movie, I Love Dogs by Wes Anderson, based in Japan. Now it's based in a fictional city, Megasaki. Yeah, Megasaki. Uh, but it's yeah, Japan. That you're, you're like, I was curious why, and I was trying to do some research and just try to find out specifically why it was based in Japan. Um, why there was a lot of Japanese culture in it. Um, so trying to find that, I wish I could. I wish I would have found something directly from Wes Anderson or Wes Anderson's PR group or, or whatever. And yeah. If, and if you listener know of anything, uh, at me, you know, yeah. send, send, send me, me some links, you know. Um, but I couldn't find anything. So there's just a lot of people interpreting what they want to interpret out there. Which there's a lot to potentially interpret. Yeah, like no, if, for if sure. It's, if it's being left open to the subjectivity, then I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, there are there are arguments, and this is kind of the argument I, the side of the argument that I lie on is that it's an homage to uh, Japanese filmmakers, which. Wes Anderson, as an art, as a very artistic film director, I feel like that's something that he would do. You know, he's going to make he he's bound to make a movie that is an homage to something. Um, so I felt like it was a little bit of that. Uh, definitely some Kurosawa in there somewhere. Um, it's it's just, just the, with the filmmaking, with angles, just like types, types of shots, how the story mm-hmm. is told. Um, there's just a lot of Japanese influence there. Now the other side of the argument is that this is cultural appropriation, 
at its, at its definition. definition. I'm just like, uh, okay. I mean, I, I understand your argument, but again, us as white guys, yeah, like, like we, you know, <laughs> you know, our qualified I, opinion to comment on these things, yeah, but obviously, uh, obviously, we were super qualified, but I think it's probably done with intent. I don't think it's appropriating the culture i think there's more yeah. to it than that i think it's layers it's not just oh this will be fun to be in japan but yeah like i think what the, it could so, have worked elsewhere like i said earlier yeah. but i think like it was probably done on purpose yeah and the way they told the uh kind of the, the prologue story mm -hmm. about the i guess if you want to say the cat dynasty versus yeah. the dog dynasty um, Kobayashi. I thought fit well with kind of from a Japanese history folklore perspective, like that kind of fit. Like that yeah. didn't, you know, and I've never been to Japan. <laughs> so if somebody's, if somebody's like, that's not how things work out there, I'd be like, okay, my bad. Soon, um, soon, Taylor. Yeah, soon. soon. But the way that that prologue story was told, I, I bought it. I thought that was clever. Um, and how it just like shat on cat people. I thought that was funny. Like it was like cat people were the worst. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But mostly. <laughs> so anyway, and then there's an ar another argument too about um, how, and this is where they kind of lose me a little bit, is that the primary like actors that have screen time or their voices have screen time are like white actors and we're like okay I, I get that but i don't think this is a this is not a whitewash because they're playing dogs yeah and i think the this whole is dog wash yeah this is dog, this is not hogwash i know right but the whole my going back to what i was saying about i think of this movie as kind of this just uh an allegory and a metaphor those are the same things i'm pretending they are um <laughs> For foreign relations and immigration and stuff like that, it honestly wouldn't matter if the roles were reversed. So let's say this was a let's say this is a, a Japanese movie, and the dogs were voiced by Japanese actors, and the Japanese movie not based in Japan but based in America. Yeah. But the dogs spoke Japanese, and but the politicians are and the kids or whatever spoke. English. Yeah. I feel like the message would still be there. The message would still be the same. So that's where I kind of like. I, I start to say, look, it doesn't matter to me who's playing what role in that particular instance because yeah. I feel like the message is still there. Um, uh, some some weaker points for me. Um, the oh, the foreign exchange student, <laughs> the oh, yeah. only uh, English speaking uh, English speaking um, student in the mix. Uh, voiced by Greta Gerwig. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her character name. Yeah, um, oh, it was right there. Sorry, Tracy, yeah. Tracy Walker. Walker. That's right. Um, also, shout out to Yoko Ono was actually in this. She was the assistant scientist, and Greta Gerwig was like and credited it as herself. Yeah, yeah like Yoko. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, Are, were you professor's assistant, yeah. Yoko Ono? And I was like, what? <laughs> Tracy Walker ends up just berating Yoko Ono in a bar, and I was like, this is a little while drinking chocolate milk. Yeah, I was like, see, that's the funny thing. It was like, it was. I think if you, I hate to ignore the race card. But if you did in that instance, and also in the entire movie, and if you focused on if it was a, uh, it's more, it's almost more um, prevalent to what's going on in our society right now, where the younger generation is taking charge and is knowing what is best for the future of a country or the yeah. future of a society. So I thought that was really cool because it almost played off of almost a continuation of Wes Anderson's. Uh, one of his previous movies, Moonrise Kingdom, where it's an ode to childhood 
and this kind of carries over. And the whole like the whole idea that a, a dog's best friend is like a twelve year old boy was like really cool. And of course, yeah. you got we got we got the uh, the grizzled chief played yeah. by Brian Cranston who did a really good job. He did. I thought, and I wasn't expect not that I expected him not to, but like that's a role I would not see him doing because mainly I don't think of him as a voice actor. Uh, he did a lot he, of voice acting for like Power Rangers and stuff. He was monsters and bad guys in the original Power Rangers. Yeah, that's right. And also he was he was Zordon in the in remake. The movie, yeah, the in the movie movie. movie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, just it was it was a different role. It yeah. was a different role for him. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's. <laughs> I think that's all I really had to pick apart about it. I don't think I had and nothing really really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I thought it was entertaining, but my thing with Wes Anderson movies is I do I do not get emotionally attached to them because everyone in his movies are, is so deadpan. <laughs> like it's hard for me to try and attach with the characters that he's trying to do. And every once in a while, I'll pull for like Bill Murray in Life Aquatic, um, or I'll pull pull for uh, Luke Wilson or all Tenenbaums. Um, but just overall, like I don't you know uh, I don't uh, I don't relate to or attach myself to. The characters of the struggles that they're going through, I more identify with the quirky style and the sense of humor. Sense of humor it, it, is right up my alley. Without it being, you know, I also have the fucked up side of my sense of humor. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy it. Um, yeah, I would say for me, just, I mean, what did you, what did you think about anything that I just said? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like on the um, kind of like the metaphorical side of it, like what it actually stands for, where not just. Um, the young younger generation kind of taking the lead and making change and making things happen, but also um, just like yeah, xenophobia where it's kind of like the cat people versus the dog people and like the dogs. This one dog had this disease, so they had to send them all away, and they were like overcrowding the population and uh, keep them out. And there was a lot of very like, oh well, these people are these dogs are terrible, and so we sent them away, but that's not enough. Now we have to kill all these dogs. And, yeah, like, uh, there was some kind of fucked up things, like wasabi poison. Like, Yeah, was that a little on the nose? That's, and uh, why were they, why, why were, okay, I got it, they, they poisoned. The um, sushi the, for the, uh, the, the, they the pointed, professor, they, the They poisoned the science candidate. Um, with the wasabi poisoning, but then they were going to use the same wasabi poisoning. Like, it was on labeled, dogs. yeah, it was labeled wasabi poisoning, <laughs> yeah. and they were going to dump it on the dogs. Are dogs prone to wasabi? Like, do they like liking? wasabi? Yeah, I don't know. I've I never tried to give a dog wasabi. Do Japanese dogs like wasabi? I don't know. Is that a stereotype? Shiba Inu? I may be fox. I'm be like, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm sorry. I haven't been giving you wasabi flavored food. He's going to start sneezing all over the place. I know he will. He does that already. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite sure with that. That Yeah, that was uh, a bit weird. Um, and then the, to, to your point, like with the science candidate, like, you know, science losing out right now. Is that a thing? Is, a there a, is there a science party in Japan? I'm not sure. But I'm saying, like, as a metaphor for the United States and our current situation, which is very anti-intellectual, um, not to get too political, but, yeah, everyone, not everyone, the people in power uh, are very against science. Uh, what? So I, yeah, right? Nah. And so I thought that was like, oh, yeah, it's like Kobayashi, 98%, science party, 1.3% uh, of the also, vote. I and just, and I, the rigged yeah. election and the like, the revote where they're like, oh, we gotta call for a revote. Like, there's a lot of things that are just very like 
on the nose where they're like, oh, that's that's not even subtext. That's just text. That's there. <laughs> uh, it's written in yeah. the script. Also, there is no such thing as the science party as a political party in Japan. I just looked it up. No. <laughs> so yeah, let's be a little more on the nose of that. <laughs> yeah. So like that I, I thought was uh, just, yeah, very in your face, which is fine uh, to Jeff's point. Like you understand it in this one. You don't have to <laughs> wonder about what he was trying to say. Maybe. Um, but then there were a couple other things like when they sent the dogs to internment camps, uh, that was kind of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were rounding them all up. They're already on Trash Island, and then they send them to camps. And I was like, "Oh, I was like, that might be a bit much." Uh, but they got out. No wasabi poisoning uh, because the yeah. hacker on the toilet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the hacker might have been my favorite part because they just like he was he was hidden in plain sight, but you yeah. saw him every time he was there. Because yeah. the way Wes Anderson's eye eye works is that. The subject's got to be the center of the frame. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I also hey. liked when they would do, uh, like, if it wasn't stop motion, it was, like, on TV. It was animated, but it was, like, animated. that was cool, like, yeah. drawn the same thing. I thought that was pretty neat. I, that, yeah, I forgot about that. That was one uh, just aesthetic touch that I thought was a pretty interesting take on it. And then, um, <laughs> to your point, like, the little hacker, he always showed up and, like, they specifically had him in color when the rest of the, the marching band to go eliminate the dogs was yeah. just in monotone uh, to draw your eye to him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was definitely, anytime he showed up, he would, like, look at the camera and smile or something. Yeah. Like, he was, he was just always around. Um, also, you study Japanese culture. Can you diffuse an angry political mob with a haiku? <laughs> Is that a thing that can happen? Not to my knowledge, it's, has it ever happened? <laughs> but also those haikus, they were hilarious and kind of... Terrible. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it was like, it started off strong, where you're like, Because oh, the he, very first one, like in a prologue. A thing. Yeah. yeah. And the second one was like, not... Yeah. I, was like, I was like, can we laugh at this? Yeah, the third... It's supposed to be funny. Because it's like this whole thing, it's like talking about the situation for like the first two lines of the haiku. Yeah. And then it's like, a frozen window pane. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and then I wanted to be like... Yeah, <laughs> Dip Poetry Jam. Yeah, Dip Poetry Jam. Um, but I mean, that's sometimes haikus are like that. Like, it's very, I think that is a style where it's like tangential. You have this thing, and then all of a sudden, just shift uh, to some kind of imagery. And, um, but I thought those were all hilarious when mm -hmm. they were going through that. And, um, what else? I guess that, like, as far as metaphor, I think that's a lot of the what was in there either clearly or not so clearly um i thought it was interesting that the the foreign exchange student tracy also had a giant blonde afro that was ginger man she was straight ginger ginger i feel like she, how pale she was yeah she was very pale from ohio mm -hmm. so cincinnati yeah they were gonna send her back that was another thing too deporting her Different because she was speaking out yeah um I guess that kind of with the dreamers and you know students and then shipping them out and again if you want to get back into political conversation but yeah there's a lot of different uh, takes on that and how it all kind of ties into to present day but uh, that's only I, I did like the it, I can't you can't really call it a relationship but she had a crush on uh, Atari. Yeah. Who was the the ward of the mayor of Nagas or Megasaki? Yeah. And um, when he comes back and is giving his speech, 
and she's translating for him. And he's like, yes, he's like, I'd like to renew my subscription to the school newspaper for another year. Enclosed <laughs> as a check. He's like, uh, thanks to the, the pretty uh, foreign exchange student. And she like kind of stuttered along when he was like calling yeah. her pretty. I, like a little note like that. I was like, oh, that's that's cute. But Yeah, I mean, that uh, was, that felt a little just unnecessary. Yeah, the, but, their, their but relationship like, but, didn't really drive anything. But if they were two kids that had crushes on each other, they acted like... Two kids, Two kids that, that had crushes, crushes on each other. Um, let's, can we talk a little bit about the robot dogs? Yeah. Because I was a little confused about why they were a thing. Like, they, like the, um, the, the regime didn't like uh, Kobayashi, Mayor Kobayashi, didn't like dogs, but he was cool with making his own robotic ones, but only if they were militarized. Well, that's the thing. I think it was to appease people who had to get rid of their dogs. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, you had to get rid of your dog. We're sorry. Here's this robot dog, but it's also, like, surveillance and can murder you. Okay. If uh, you step out of line. Okay, I got that. That makes um, sense. That's how I took that anyway. Because, no, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like, yeah, why would, these, why would they do mechanical cats if they love cats? Or real cats if they love cats so much. Yeah. Like, I had... Well, I took it cat as, like, cats... I took it as cats have no soul, so we'll give you something that has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> and a robot. That, too. Potentially... Um, Shout out to my favorite dog in the whole movie, Oracle, the pug, <laughs> whose whose quote unquote visions were from watching, watching TV. TV. I thought that was hilarious. She just she just understands TV. Yeah. <laughs> she just shows up. She was like, "It's gonna rain today," <laughs> and, and everyone's like, "What? what? How did you, know, How'd that? you know that?" And the other one's like, "She watches TV." <laughs> uh, uh, Gondo. No, no, no. That was the, that was the wolf. Jupiter. Jupiter was the big uh, the Saint Bernard type dog. Yeah. 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 Who had the... The brandy? Yeah. The... What was the... Uh, some kind of chemical. Formaldehyde brandy yeah, or something. Yeah, formaldehyde brandy. <laughs> Turpentine. Turpentine. Turpentine brandy. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, formaldehyde yeah. would kill you. Uh, <laughs> pick on your insides. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There, there, there's a lot of like little things in there. And you could go back and watch this and pick up on more little things. The running um, gag of uh, Duke always saying, did you guys hear the rumor? Yeah. That had me cracking up. It, it, even Chief like... Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. Every time that it was said had me cracking up. And they even like, after the, a couple times, one of the dogs was like, like where, where did you, you get all this information <laughs> from? Um, that was good. Like, yeah, there's a lot of gags like that that are good. Like, they are always like, uh, w- within the pack, trying to run a vote. And they're like... yeah. Who agrees? Say say I, mm-hmm. and everyone says I except f- for chief. Except for chief, he's like, like he's nah. like nay, and they're like, okay, we win. Uh, and then that brief moment of subversion where you think the other dogs just summarily just get cremated and crushed when they go into the incinerator when the two tracks break, break yeah. off. Yeah. I was like, did that just fucking happen? Yeah, yeah. We were, I was a little worried because it, it just happened and then we cut away, and I was like, oh shit, what? Did they just kill off four dogs? Yeah, like I was that. Like, and they were like very heavily featured in the first half of the yes. movie. So I was like, "Shit, <laughs> that's dark for Wes Anderson." And so at that point, I thought they were just doing it to focus on Atari and Chief, which they did. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, they're like, "By the way, these dogs are safe. Here, they're back." Yeah. Um, but that was kind of Chief's like growing moment. Uh, yeah. And I like how they were <laughs> playing fetch, and Atari throws the thing. He's yeah. like, "I'm, I'm not getting that." Yeah. So, I'm gonna get it, but but not because you wanted me yeah. to. <laughs> Uh, and because I feel like that's one of those like insights into dogs like they do things like that and we don't know what they're thinking and maybe like this is what they're thinking my dog does not play fetch uh, Fox will when he wants to 
Yeah, I'm gonna get this because I want to get it, not yeah. because you made me do it. <laughs> so I thought there was a lot of funny stuff like that, and then um, just dog behavior in general. Like when they were fighting, and they were like, "Well, let's open this up and see if it's worth fighting for." That the opening scene where they're fighting over what's in the bag, I thought that was pretty uh, dip, like if dog diplomacy was a thing, I thought yeah. was, that was pretty. Funny. And there's a lot of the on the nose things <laughs> where they're like. Stop licking your wounds. And he was yeah. actually like licking his wounds. <laughs> and uh, that's just kind of Wes Anderson humor. Um, but yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it um, because of all these things. Like there was some subtext. There was like a little bit more to it if you want to dig for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, you're not confused when you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Japanese influences, maybe more than influences, um, also helped me enjoy it just because I, I enjoy Japanese culture. Um, I did think that, you know, maybe it could have been done without being Japanese inspired, especially with maybe some of the questionable ways they went about it. Uh, I do agree that I don't consider it whitewashing because it's not like they're not white people. Um, I can understand that for like the anime movies and stuff that they do live action where they're taking a character whose name is like. Uh, Makoto Kusanagi mm-hmm. and then they're like Scarlett Johansson we need you to play her and it's like oh okay so why, why Scarlett Johansson Cause, Scarjo yeah, yeah I guess so <laughs> Nutmeg Nutmeg in this movie yeah <laughs> um, so yeah like I can see that in other instances being like a legit like qualm with movies and with Hollywood in general but in this instance I don't I don't think that holds as strongly uh but again, we're white guys. What do we know? Yeah, what the fuck do we know? I don't know shit. So. Yeah. yeah. I think a perfor- uh, performance-wise, um, I think everybody in this movie did a really great job. Um, it's hard for me sometimes to ju- judge Edward Norton on his performance unless I can actually <laughs> see him. Because his, his tone was basically the same the whole time. Yeah. And that, you know, comes from Wes Anderson being like that deadpan yeah. delivery. Um, I thought... Uh, the Japanese actors, the Asian actors in this movie did a phenomenal job. Like, and almost to the point that it didn't matter what they were saying, it's how they said it, but I felt all of their emotion mm-hmm. when they were, I didn't understand a word they were saying. Like, I understood their anger, understood their, their, their sympathy, understood their sadness, which I thought was, I think it's just a great mark yeah. of anybody who's successful at being an actor. Yeah, conveying um, emotion without... With a language barrier, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it was like, great. Speaking of language barrier, this was kind of weird to me. Um, uh, Atari, when he is on the Isle of Dogs and he has like the pack with him, and he tells them to sit, he says "sito." Is that's not the word? That's not a command for sit. No, I mean maybe you can train your dog to sit with that. Okay. Uh, but the thing was, like all the do- all those dogs though understood that. It's like, did you hear what he said? Yeah. Well, sit toe and then and I think that's sat. partially like for us. Yeah, but like why not? I mean, this is I'm I'm picking apart here. But why not just like yeah. he says one he says the word that is Japanese for sit and then they sit. Because then like there's more explanation necessary, I guess, where this they were like, I guess well they explained it anyway, but like we recognize that he said sit. But you where, could I'm saying like you could understand. So, do you know what the Japanese word for sit is? Uh, I do, but you put me on the spot and I can't think of it right well, now. Look it up or something. 
<laughs> so if Atari is, I'm, this is, I hate being this guy that's like, you should have wrote it like this, but. Yeah. Well, you're being that guy. I know. But instead of saying Sito, which is like not even a word, you could say like, the way he, whatever the word, Japanese word for sit is, if he said it, and then he like said it again, with that, with that. Oh, it is. Suwaru. Suwaru? Suwaru. Well, that's like the, the two form of it. That's like okay. two sit. Okay. And then you have so, to conjugate so if it he and said, all that stuff. So if he said the, the command form of. Like, it'd be like suwate. Yeah. Okay. So he said that, and then one of them sat, and then let's say Atari said it again more forcefully, and the other dog sat. We would understand that that word means sit. True, but with Japanese, they borrow a lot of words, and they thieves. Just, well, it's language like, thieves. Uh, romanji, they call it, and it's where they take words Jum from other languages. Jumanji? No, oh. romanji. Oh, sorry. Romanizing. Okay. The characters and the words. Uh, okay. Gotcha. And so they make it. They take those words from other languages, and just use the Japanese like phonetics to say them. And so, like, okay. sit though okay. would just be like. Rom like romanizing sit. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, I got as a it. command. So that that's not an uncommon okay. thing. See, I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, that's good to know. So I, like that, I didn't even think that that was the thing. I was just like, okay, he said sit. Like then he's telling them to sit. And I got like, you. That's... Well, my thought was I heard that. I was like, is that Japanese for sit? <laughs> I was like, really? Is that Technically, it could be. I guess. <laughs> Borrowed words. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to argue with this one. No. Yeah. It was like, just good. It was it was a good movie. Like it's, it's not. It's fun. Like yeah. You don't have to dig into it if you don't want to. It's still entertaining. There is like the boy goes to find his dog. Mm -hmm. the, the and that's a fun story piece. anyway. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what happens along the way. A dog, like a, a boy finding his dog. The music. Or the, re ooh, or the reverse. Homeward, dog Homeward Bound style. Boy. Homeward Bound style. Yeah, right? Oh, God. Holy Christ. <laughs> uh, um, Shadow. But the music. Um, yeah. That was very like Japanese inspired when they're in Megasaki and all that stuff. Right. And then every now and then there's just these like soothing like indie tracks playing while they're like that's Wes montaging them like walking. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh. And I, like I didn't mind it, but I was like, okay, this is different. Yeah, uh, this is a different pace. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't find it distracting at all. But like that sequence and exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think in one of the articles ever they mentioned it, it was like, yeah, it just kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah. But it didn't like hit you in the face because if you had a it, if you remembered you're watching a Wes Anderson movie, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I remember like the dichotomy in the music there uh, in a couple instances where I was like, okay, this is very different from everything we've been hearing before, which is very like drum inspired, like taiko drum type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of, like I said, it's... We, we agreed this is good. I, again, thought it was better than Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it was fun. I just, I like watching Wes Anderson movies just because they're so different. Um, and he's good at what he does. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of why I liked it. Um, but yeah, so I would say uh, I Love Dogs. Go see it. And if you say it really quickly, it sounds like I Love Dogs. It does. It which does. is nice. Because who doesn't? Yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hug my pup when I get out of here. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, Mark, uh, 
I feel like this has been a short episode, but I'm okay with that. I do feel like it has been a short episode. <laughs> is this what happens when we agree on something? Maybe. I mean, we've kind of agreed on other stuff, and it's yeah, a little bit but longer. but I feel like a lot of our but, movies haven't been as deep. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like some of the other stuff, there's more kind of to unpack, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of dig into. I also think we blew through the, like, the first part of the episode really quickly, which, which I'm okay with. Yeah, we didn't get too much into like the other stuff we had watched, or we didn't dwell on the snack too long. We didn't take our crunching in their ear break. Yeah. Uh, Okay, now we're vamping. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> now we're just we're just running for time here. Well, like, let's let's jump right into the the, fi- the finale of this thing. Uh, Mark, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to about this next week? Well, as I said, uh, New Girl comes back tonight, and so I'm looking forward to catching up on that when I can find some time. Uh, the game that must not be named. Playing some of that with friends. You didn't say now, it. Now that I have friends that are are playing it, uh, hopping on with them. Uh, and then I guess, like I said, next week God of War comes out, which looks so good. Uh, it's going to be violent and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> uh, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, um, sure. Cool. Portmanteaus and stuff. All, right. all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as I can think of, oh, and I guess what? Infinity War comes out the week after that. So. Oh, yeah, that is coming up soon. April 27th. Yeah. So we're kind of we're kind of powering through that. Uh, I guess. You're going to make me watch that? Yeah. All right. I think that'll be good. I think people want to hear about that. Do I like have that. to catch up, or can I just watch? Yeah, it? we're gonna get the tickets for the thirty-one hour. Oh, no. The Marvel marathon. I have things of all, to do. Of all, I have things you ain't got to, shit do. to do. I do. Nah. Have things to do. You ain't got no job. It's Friday. It's, you ain't got shit to do. It's Tuesday. Today it is. Yeah, but that'll this be. This will come out Wednesday. We're getting sidetracked. <laughs> Taylor, uh, what are you looking forward to hey, coming Hey, all right. Uh, so what I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to the opening of, uh, hey, world, Raleigh, North Carolina, finally got an Alamo Draft House cinema, and I'm so excited that it's opening. Um, uh, Nicole and I got invited to kind of the soft opening for this Ooh, week. Influencers? Uh, hashtag influencers. Um, so they do, the grand opening is on Friday, uh, April whatever Friday is. 13th. Oh, 13th. yes. Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. Love it. Um, so yeah, it's opening, I on, think about that. It's opening on Friday the 13th. Uh, but Cole and I are going on the Thursday before it opens during their soft opening week um, to go check out a movie called Thoroughbreds uh, starring uh, Olivia Cook and Anya Taylor-Joy, who Anya Taylor-Joy, I'm a huge fan of ever since I saw her in The Witch. She was phenomenal. She's, she's going to be big. She's going to be a big up and coming actress. I'm a fan of Olivia Cook. Yeah, and then Olivia Cook. Ready Player One. Yeah, <laughs> Base Motel, Ready Player One. Um, it's a dark comedy. I think it's one of also, um, oh my gosh. Uh, and, oh yeah, Anton Yelchin's one of his last roles. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're definitely looking forward to checking that out on Thursday. It was a big hit at Sundance. Um, so yeah, we're moving up in the world. Raleigh, North Carolina, moving up in the world. Got an Alamo. We good to go. Um... Other than that, I guess we got to think about what we're going to do uh, next week. Um, if, yeah. if Mark goes see a quiet place, we'll do a quiet place. If not, we'll do something random. Maybe like... Random. We won't even tell you what it is. We'll just do, we'll do a surprise episode. It'll be a yeah, lot of fun. We'll just come and talk about how we didn't have anything prepared for that episode, and we'll just run that for an hour. Yeah, I unedited. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize in advance. Uh, Mark, where can the people find you after they stop listening to us? As mentioned earlier, uh, Spider12587, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. Spider's Corner should work too, and that's Spider with a Y, as always. Uh, also on Facebook at Spider's Corner, Spider's Corner Games.com. Not .com, sorry, no, fucking hell. 
<laughs> is that is that beer good? You good? I, mean, I haven't even had that much of you it. You good, fam? All I'm right. tired, man. I was up late. All right. Spiders Corner at Spiders Corner Game. Spiders Corner Games on Facebook. Uh, yeah, Taylor, where can they find you? After I <laughs> you guys can that? hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Tay D Adams, and also get at me about the mystery uh, movie giveaway. I'm excited to send one of you lucky people a random movie from my collection at no cost to you. Um, so yeah, get at us on the social medias. Uh, email us at scrappedproductions at gmail.com. Subject line, popcorn and nerds. Tell us you want a movie, and we'll send you one, because we love you. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, until next time, we will see you guys next time. We won't see you, because we can't, because we're voices. Okay, bye. Bye.